you live. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Bear <laughs> with us for a second. That's fine. <clears throat> Don't freak out. Good evening, everybody. This is Grizzly from Lexington, Kentucky, with Jeanette Matisha Lucas, world renowned famous psychic. Are you there? <laughs> From coast to coast and around the world. Tonight we bring you another live show. We're going to talk about dowsing. Not only for missing persons or bodies, but also treasures. Jeanette, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. And you? Oh, wonderful. Got the little gremlins out of my system now. <laughs> so say hello to everybody out there in La La Land. So here's my question. Do we have anybody in the chat room that has questions? Because they're going to ask eventually. But I mean, has anybody showed up yet? Oh, yes. They okay. sure have. Good. Because we're going we're gonna to really kick it to the curb today and see how well we do with talking about my failures, your failures, and our successes so people do better work than we do. Yes, and uh, they already start saying, hello, Jeanette, how are you? So, absolutely. Yay! <laughs> I got my cat Cleo here, so if you hear her screaming, you know, she's called Cleo or Cleopatra because she runs the house. So, I guess this is our little, uh, our little, uh, I get, I, what, the animal that steps in front of the booth, you know, she's... She, she's going to get a little obnoxious here and there. So I apologize about her screaming, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> mascot, our little mascot. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're on our way. So what do you want to do? You want to tell them about dowsing? Well, why don't you give them a little beef, uh, brief background and, and what you do, then I'll, I'll kick us off. All right. So I learned about dowsing when I was about seven. And uh, my father um, had learned about dowsing. So I'll just tell you a real quick story. He was a land surveyor by trade and he would go out in the field and do regular land surveying. But one day when he was in the field, in the city, in the field that was growing, <clears throat> he was at a commercial uh, location and he was trying to find the pipe because when you are Plotting the building on the property, you also have to plot all the fire hydrants and pipes going into the building so the fire department knows where to go to insert hoses and so forth. So he got there and he was very frustrated and a man came over to him and said, what's going on? And he said, I can't find the piping or the fire hydrant information. So just remember, fire hydrants go in later. Piper, piping goes in first. <laughs> so the plumber goes, <clears throat> listen. Um, I'm a dowser and because I'm a plumber, I know about dowsing. You need to learn about dowsing. And he said, look, it's an old, uh, historical approach to finding water 
veins, water in the ground, water pipes, and so forth. And missing persons, missing objects, missing evidence. You can find pretty much anything with dowsing. It's very cool. Basically, I want to say this to our listeners. The question you ask will get the answer you get. If you don't ask the right question, you don't get the right answer. Now, the good news is the man had been experienced. The plumber had been experienced. <clears throat> so he said, let's look locate the pipe. So you use the word locate the pipe. Uh, where that is going to be hooking up to the fire hydrant. And he said, oh my God. So they're standing there. So envision a building that's rectangular and they're standing there. And he said, I'm, I'm picking up. And he used an L rod. He didn't use the pendulum. He used an L rod. It's called an L rod. It can be aluminum. It can be brass. It could be almost any metal. I prefer, <clears throat> I think my preference is brass. And even ghost hunters are using the L rods now, but they're not using them right. So they'll get a faster answer if you use them correctly. Put your thumb on the L part of the of the rod and then loosely keep it in your hand. A lot of the ghost hunters don't do that, but if they did, they'd probably get a better reception. So that's just a quick pointer. And he walked over and when the L rods crossed, he said right here. So then once you put a flag in the ground, because that's what I do. I put a flag in the ground and said, stand right here. And I say, show me, show me, show me how many feet to the pipe. So um, it's a little bit more complicated than that. But uh, the man said, Lewis, it looks like the, uh, Lewis is my father. It looks like the pipe is 15 feet in front of us. Well, guess what was 15 feet in front of him? A stack of dirt 30 feet high. So when the deer... A commercial property, um, they they pile up the dirt. I'm sure lots of us have seen that. And my father was uh, just again frustrated. So they went over to the bulldozer driver, and he was there tending to the parking lot. <clears throat> and they started pulling out all, all the dirt. I mean, you know, I mean, it took about an hour. And when they pulled the dirt back. Uh, 15 feet away from where they were standing, right there was the pipe that had the water going straight to um, <clears throat> straight to the fire hydrant. So you can, uh, again, depending on your question, you can get an immediate response or slow response depending on how you're holding the L rods. All right, that that's a story of at age seven, you know, when my father was getting involved or six, age six and seven, my father was getting involved with dowsing. Now he took the next level up <clears throat> and he decided, all right, it can find water. It can find this. It can find that. Why can't it help the Marines or the military men or soldiers in Vietnam? So his next approach was, all right, let's see if we can find underground tunnels. So he plotted out a bunch of tunnels in our yard in Falls Church, Virginia, and made fake tunnels. It's called mock, mock-up tunnels. And so he pinpointed all the tunnels and he put a little flag in and then he said, let's find water in the yard. They put a flag in and he said, let's find and hide coinage. Let's hide this, let's hide that, kids' toys. <clears throat> so he found everything. So he decided to meet with people he knew at the CIA and the federal government and military leaders from the Joint Chiefs of Staff, yes, <clears throat> to see an example of dowsing so that the Joint Chiefs of Staff could have the Marines come over, train 
in dowsing. And then once they were done with the training, they could go to Vietnam, train others how to use dowsing to locate booby traps, bombs, tunnels, toys, communication devices. And so that they were there, I would say, gosh, six hours during the day. Uh, and that was in the, I guess that was in the 60s, 66, <clears throat> 1966. At any rate, my father made a film uh, footage of this process, and he sent a copy to all the military branches to train, uh, you know, the Marines, the Air Force, etc. And he became very popular and got in the news for it, both um, on the civilian side and the military side. And then what he also found out was he was asked to go to Quantico to go see the mock-up fake, you know, military site for training. For example, it, in the military, people, a lot of people don't know, but let's say you're going to Saudi Arabia. They have a fake site that looks just like Saudi Arabia so that if you go there, you're training just like you're in the sand. I mean, it's amazing. They've gone to extensive financial, uh, gosh, it, it's they're building buildings that are fake, just like Afghanistan, buildings and forts, and water wells, etc., like a mock-up city. It's absolutely incredible. It's acres and acres of it, which is brilliant. Anyway, that so they did the same thing with the Vietnam War, and they had a mock-up site, and you had to go in and pretend you were a Vietnam soldier, and figure out which which people were the good guys and the bad guys. <clears throat> At any rate, the sidebar here. My dad. Back to my dad's story. He went to this mock-up site and he had to pinpoint all the tunnels, all the bad sites, and they were already labeled by the military trainers. <clears throat> so my dad got 100% correct. And because he watched the pendulum and the L-rod react in a certain way, he said something's wrong with these two locations. <clears throat> so then he narrowed down what might be wrong with them. And he goes, you know, my bet is there's water in some of these tunnels. And I'm going to bet on the one of the other tunnels, it's caved in. So uh, the, the sergeant went over, ran over to one of the tunnels when it caved in, and the other two had water in it. So not only did he get 100% right, he got like 150% right. And so he also said, there's something else going on overseas. So when you get there, ask all these questions. Are there people in the tunnels? Um, are there water? Is there water in the tunnels? Are there communication devices in the tunnels? Are there booby traps and bombs in the tunnels? So eventually that system protocol uh, was used and men went overseas. And this is what happened. Here's the outcome. It was fantastic. Um, some of the men that were trained <clears throat> found some of the tunnels and they reacted to this, the, the L-Rods reacted to people were in the tunnel. So, of course, when you have people in a tunnel, you're going to get a, a bunch more military soldiers over to the, the hole. Send them down with not just, you know, a regular rifle, but a machine gun. And you send them down the hole. And then you try to figure out how many are down there. And you, I hate to say this, you kill them. And because <clears throat> they're the enemy. And they got down there. Um, they went down the tunnel. And eventually these guys that went down in the tunnel were called rat tunnelers. <clears throat> and they would find that the North Vietnamese 
would um, have like 300 North Vietnamese in there calculating their next move. And we're talking a good 30 to 50 feet deep. Can you imagine? I mean, our guys were over there and all this time they're running across an area that was 30 to 50 feet deep and it's got 300 enemies in a hole. And that's just incredible. So then they would do uh, body counts, which was disgusting, but it's war. And then, then another time um, they took the L rods and they were walking down the street just to see what would happen, which was video, you know, videotaped filmed by the military. And when they did the, um, there was a reaction to the L rods, something was in the middle of the road. So they thought it was a tunnel, but they dug very carefully at first. And when they did, they found a three inch um, piece of wood that was hollow, but the inside of it had paperwork. They pulled it out and their interpreter said that it was communication devices from the North Vietnamese to their soldiers right there in the area that they're coming in at this date and this time to blow up the, the military slash Marine slash army. And so they knew ahead of time. So they were more prepared on what to do. So these are some of the weird things that were done or completed by dowsing. I mean, you can find water wells. Everybody knows about dowsing with water wells, or sh should I say a lot of people know about it. The farmers know about it. A lot of businesses know about it. Here's another example real quick. The Hughes brothers uh, used dowsing to locate oil. And when Mr. Hughes was going out in the field and he was trying to locate oil, he said he could actually smell it. And some of us have that keen uh, sense and it's called synesthesia and you can actually smell a dead body or you can smell oil or you can smell you know it could be crystals or you can smell this or you can smell that the brain turns on so it's a part of the brain turning on and you can actually pick up something odd now with me when it when i go walk over treasure my teeth have a funny reaction in my mouth that i'm near gold or silver or coinage, but the word treasure totally reacts with my teeth. That's the link. So I'm just giving you a general idea about dowsing. So hit it, Grizzly. Tell them what dowsing is. Dowsing and divining. A true hunter's guide. An intelligent person knows that is a fruit. A wise person knows not to include it, uh, fruit in the salad. Hmm. This is the thought process when it comes to subjects such as dowsing. I do feel that I'm very intelligent at times, but it depends on who you ask. So not to use my primary and secondary tool in treasure hunting, but wise enough not to dismiss it entirely. But with that being said, I would categorize myself as probably a skeptic of the art of dowsing. Uh, never been in, really around any person that's actually doused as you will see there has been many a treasure located through this art and through my research there has and that was very uh surprising so what exactly is dowsing uh, it could be used for treasure hunting as it's ever been proven to work as described i say let's dive deep into the end of the weird and see what lies underneath the surface of the normal According to Wikipedia, dowsing is a type of divination employee attempts to locate groundwater, buried materials, ores, gemstones, 
old grave sites and many other objects and materials without the use of scientific apparatus. Dowsing is considered a suicidence, and there's scientific evidence that there's more effective than random chance. So there we have it. No scientific evidence is more than a random chance. However, gemstones and gold nuggets have been found by these random chance believers who utilize it. Perhaps I think we need to take a closer look at this. I do believe. It's, it, it is really fun. Go ahead. To employ dowsing techniques, a person can choose one or three different methods. All of them take concentration and build an intuition from the dowser, which I don't have any. So, <laughs> Divining stick. This is a Y-shaped uh, stick branch with one fork sections at each hand. And the bottom of the wire pointed facing straight in front of you. With a bit of concentration and meditation of the treasures to be found, the user walks around the area where it's believed to be found. If the stick starts to wiggle or shake while walking over a specific area, the target is supposed to be underfoot, or at the very least, in the general area. This method has been employed since medieval times. That's wild. To find water wells, <clears throat> hidden treasures, and the most common type of branches, the witch hazel, of course. Now, what is that? It's just a type of tree. Uh, oh, that's know. right. Yeah, so you could, you could use a willow stick. You could use an oak tree. A lot of the Americans use oak trees. Um, they call it witch hazel just because they're trying to call it water witching. Hmm. <laughs> Divining rods, the second method to use is a pair of L-shaped divining rods. These are bent metal wires like coat hangers that you hold in each hand. They start to point in a general direction together that is considered pointing towards a target location. And of course, we've seen them before. If they cross each other and make an X pattern, you are directly on the target itself and should be investigated with a metal detector or shovel. I think I prefer the metal detector. Love this the metal type detector. of yeah, <laughs> this type of dowsing has been employed since the 1800s in Europe, and it's now the most common type of dowsing according to users. Crystals, dowsing crystals. This is called map dowsing, and it's done with a, a special crystal hung from gold or a silver chain. It acts as a pendulum as you hang it over a map drawing of an area. If the pendulum starts to swing or rotate in an X or circular patterns, you are onto something. Dowsing with crystals is the oldest type of dowsing there is and has been recorded in use as far as 400 AD. That's really interesting. That is dowsing in a nutshell. The stick shakes, the wires cross, the teeth chat, chatter, the crystal swings. It should be known that the science dismisses all three techniques. That's nothing more than nonsense. But yet, <laughs> all movements are said to be brain-telling that the hands to move subconsciously. No magic, no special intuition, but no sixth sense. 
but explain to me why it still works to this day. That's the answer for you, psychic and medium, Jeanette. You use yeah, it all the time. I use it all the time. I, you know, I, <clears throat> I especially wanted to do this for one of the women that called in. Um, so let's say I'm going through my day and somebody calls about missing keys. So what I do is I, I, I write down on a piece of paper and I put down who. So let's say Betty Smith calls and I write down who is Betty Smith and what would be the description of the missing item. Uh, so it's who, what, when, where, how. I'm sure cops do the same thing. They have a protocol with what they're working on with their reports. And <clears throat> when I say, when is it missing last and where? So where would be, for example, let's say you lost your keys in the house at 111 uh, Charleston Street in Charleston, South Carolina. <clears throat> and excuse me, folks, I'm a little sick tonight. And uh, those details, as much as you really don't need them, they heighten the accuracy of your answer. Um, so, so I put all that down and then I say, what kind of keys? So I say to a Dodge or a Chevy or a Toyota or Mercedes, you have to write kind, write down the kind of keys. I have a lady who called, <clears throat> we found like six keys. They were not the particular keys we were looking for. We were looking for the keys to her bicycle lock. And I'm pretty sure I wrote it down, but what she had done was put her regular keys and her bicycle keys with several different locks. So you're going to come up with all these different answers because the word key is... <clears throat> along with all of those items. So we started finding one in one room, one in another room, and one in another room. And the lady was not very nice about it. <clears throat> and she said, oh, I think you misled me. No, this is what the dowsing does. It's showing you where all the keys are. And even if you want to be specific and say bicycle, even if the bicycle is with other keys, it's going to take you to all the different keys because that word, just like in a computer, is the link to what you're looking for. And it gets frustrating, but you have to pay attention. Um, so let's say <clears throat> uh, recently a lady called me, recently two years ago, a lady called me about two or three things missing. And uh, this one I love because it was one of my failures, but not failures. And it's because I didn't say anything. So I write down almost everything I say. And I write, if I'm not sure, I write it down and I put it in paragraphs because I, and then I question mark. She ca called me regarding her husband's missing ring. And I said, I'm looking at a fireplace. I said, do you have a fireplace in your house? She goes, yes, one. I said, okay, what room? She said, the living room. I said, okay, stand right there. And I said, you really need to go in a 360. Tell me what's around the room in a 360. So our landmark would be the first thing that we're on target with is, is the fireplace. <clears throat> and this is pendulum dowsing. This is what's called remote dowsing. And she said, all right. I said, go over to the fireplace and look on the mantle and see if it's right there. No. I said, well, I see white. So it's either in a white cabinet or white container, but white, white, white. I don't know that you can see it just by looking at it. So 50% of the time when you're dowsing, whether you're looking for a missing person or missing object or missing evidence, 
the uh, literally 50% of the time, you are not going to see it with the naked eyes. Now, this is not like looking for a ghost. What you're doing is you're saying, all right, um, the item is going to be in a containment. And if I see white, it means it's next to the white containment or in the white containment. And I'm going to give you another story about that. <clears throat> and I'm going to give you some failures because you can learn from my failures that, oh my God, this is how it works. So I said, back up and tell me what's in this 360 look-see of that room. And she said, I, you know, she, so she was describing things. And she goes, how about the sofa? No. My reaction was no. So everything she kept saying was no, no, no. I said, white, 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 like a cabinet. That was my first impression. And I didn't say cabinet, I think. I know it's a white item. It's in a white item. I kept saying that. Well, eventually in, I guess, 45 days, she called me back and she goes, remember you told me to stand in the doorway of the bathroom? And I said, yes. And she goes, I turned around and and I we had talked about the bathroom and she goes I went down into the white cabinet in the bathroom opened it up and there's my husband's ring so why do I tell you about this failure because I was facing the fireplace so that was on target and then the dowsing kept talking about white so in my head I kept hearing white seeing white <clears throat> and she finally turned around, which is the 360, and there's the white bathroom cabinet with the ring in it. Um, I had another case very similar where somebody called me regarding some lost pearls. Your first question is, are the pearls stolen? Just like the ring, Are the is the ring stolen or is it in the house? And then you have to narrow it down to the room that it's in. So on the pearls, for example, I said I'm standing at the staircase and I'm looking at a room that feels like a family room, but I'm standing at the staircase. So I really feel like the desk is involved. Is there a desk that looks uh, Victorian or uh, custom made? And the man said, yes. But at that time I was, and those have not been found yet, but I forgot about the 360. And I kept saying, they're right there. You're right there in front of it. It's right there, but you have to go through everything. And he goes, we already did. You know, other psychics said the same thing. It's in that room. Well, it's in the room. It's not stolen. And hence, he still has not found it. So <clears throat> I've, I've tried communicating with him. But then we had a dilemma. He had dementia on top of it. So, oh, for, all I, so for all I know, those pearls existed 50 years ago and not anymore, you know. Right. Or, they're just, or they're just so well hidden that he could not find them. So that gives you some of my failures. And I want people to pay attention. Turn around. All right. <clears throat> and we're going to talk about more and more. Does anybody not understand what I mentioned? I mean, do I have any questions regarding? Yeah. What I How long were the rods and where do you get these? <clears throat> well, you can get the rods from the American Society of Dowsers. And I'll give you their name and number. Um, uh, I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I'll get you to put it on the site or something because it's a little hard to stay online and, and uh, give you the information. But the American Society of Dowsers has the L rods. I have a few left, not many. <clears throat> my favorite are the very thin, long L rods. Now, I, I would say my L rods are about a foot, foot and a half uh, in length. And then the handle is about six, seven inches. And um, I always have two. Um, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna 
laugh at myself, but I have several types I like. So I have about four sets of different L rods that I play with. Um, if I'm looking for oil, the thinner the uh, rod, the more perception, the bigger the perception. Um, when it comes to environmental, again, the thinner the rod, the, the bigger the perception. Um, the rods can be many lengths. I don't think the length is such a big deal. <clears throat> um, do we have another question about, did, did I answer the question correctly? Yeah, you sure did. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we have one question here. Is, is What about lost treasures? How do you find those? Okay, so on lost treasures, I have five different types. I use my dream incubation. And I think we caught, we talked about that. And my dream incubation is that I put stuff by my bed, uh, the treasure by my bed, <clears throat> a glass of water by my bed, and I write down what I'm looking for. But I always write down not just the word treasure, but let's say I'm going on into 300 acres and I'm looking for treasure. I write down, oh, I'm looking for an Al Capone treasure of gold coins, silver bars, stolen objects by Al Capone. I list the, you know, some people call it the wish list. So I put down uh, gold jewelry, uh, stolen diamonds. I mean, Al Capone stole everything. <laughs> so, so I write all that down. It's all treasure. I don't write down just the word treasure. That To me, that's ridiculous. Because you could be finding something that could be of great value. <clears throat> I believe Bugsy Siegel hid stuff. Other guys hid stuff. And it, it was anything from dollar bills to jewelry. One guy, um, I was asked to go locate a treasure site. <clears throat> uh, I think it was New Hampshire. And um, it had everything. Uh, I mean, it had coins. It had bars of gold. It had bars of silver. It had jewelry. It had uh, diamonds. It had loose gems. It was unbelievable. So you, the, this is your treasure list, okay? And so that that's what you have to put on your protocol list. And now with dowsing, what I do is I say, show me all the landmarks next to the treasure. So I would take pictures and also have a mat next to me if I'm working from home, which I normally do. And I would say, all right, so it looks like they went camping and there's a, a campground right here. So it's near the campground then it's near trees. So I have to figure out which tree it's near. And then what I do is I pull out a compass and I stand right next to the fire fire pit um, with my compass on zero. And I say, show me what the azimuth is to get to the treasure list. All right. So in other words, you put your compass on zero and you, you douse out with a pendulum or the L rod. Show me, show me, show me which direction I should go in, uh, which um, degree I should go to, to find the treasure. So let's say the uh, L rod or the pendulum goes to 30 degrees. All right. Then, you know, you have to walk starting at the, you're at the zero point and you have to go in the direction of 30 degrees, which is going to be east. And you start walking. But before you start walking, you say, how many feet should I walk? or sh I shouldn't say should, but how many feet do I walk to get to my treasure list? So let's say it's 15. So you, you count your feet, one, two, three, four, five, you know, et cetera, to 15. And then you say that, that you're at that point of, of 
standing right there, which you could be standing right on top of it. And then you douse out and say, how, how many inches should I dig? Now here's, according to geologists, we get two to four inches of dirt, depending on the area. We're not talking mudslides. Uh, two to four inches of dirt uh, per every year, every 200 years. So you, you know that you're going to have to dig two to four inches. Now, if it's an area. That... All of my groceries delivered from Misfits Market. Ooh, what Go ahead. That? I'm sorry. That's okay. My groceries are delivered. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you, you pinpoint where the, the, the spot is by saying next, how deep. Uh, one inch, two inch, three inch, four inch, and then suddenly the L rod will turn. Um, it can cross, um, and sometimes the pendulum will start saying definitely yes. You have to program your pendulum, and you have to let it turn in a yes direction or a no direction, um, a danger direction. Um, let me think. What else do I have? I have yes and no, danger Definitely yes, definitely no. And then you have to start paying attention if your pendulum starts bouncing. If it bounces, it means your question is not appropriate or correct or correct for what you're looking for. I hope that gives a general idea. But that's how I find missing treasure, which I found treasure. Um, from chips to coinage to um, uh, Al Capone's silver bars that he stole. Um, I think the big thing about treasure is as much as you're looking for it, before you even leap on treasure hunting, you've got to trust your partners. You've got to do a contract with your partners. You've got to do a contract with your um, the person whose property you're on. And you have to have, I hate to say this, take a pistol with you, take a safety kit with you. You have to look at the bigger picture when it comes to treasure hunting. Yeah, I can tell you all day how to treasure hunt but if you don't have that johnson and johnson first aid kit and you're bitten by a snake or you're cut and i, I also mentioned to people you can put your pistol in your first aid kit people will never know um so th there's several factors a lot of times with your partners you have to make sure you can trust them most of my clients never ended up paying me my commission and when i say that i'll say okay i want 20 percent of the fine and they don't pay me. So I always ask for a certain amount up front, depending on the project and how hard it is. All right. So do we have more questions? Yeah. So material for the rods, metal, wood, et cetera. What is it? What do you mean material? Like <clears throat> what's what, the rods made out of? They're made of brass. Typically. I mean, some people use coat hangers, which are brass. And uh, Scarborough Sasquatch Station says the average depth for finding coins for him with a metal detector was six inches. Yeah, yeah. So that wouldn't surprise me. So, <clears throat> but that's here in America. I've done work in Europe and the guy had to dig four inches, four to eight inches, and he found some stuff from the dark ages. So because we're a younger country, <clears throat> you're going to start digging up American Indian items typically. Um, uh, sometimes you'll find, um, during the civil war, people just literally threw stuff out when, when they had to run. So, and this is part of the process of finding the treasure. You know, you, you can find bullets all day long or arrowheads all day long, but you want the good stuff. That's a lot more fun. 
Any more on treasure seeking before we move on to missing persons and relocating uh, bodies? <laughs> bodies. <clears throat> I know we sound very dry today, folks. I'm I'm just run down this week, I guess. So my apologies, but uh, if you've got questions, bring them on. Yes, uh, Doris here says, does, does Jeanette use charts while dowsing or when dowsing? So I use um, various charts. So the first thing I do is I get my desk totally empty of anything on the desk except for a lamp. All right. I like a lot of light. <clears throat> and when I walk up to the desk, I sit down facing north. Really critical because a lot of times when you're doing dowsing, you want to be on the zero azimuth zero direction and you need to face north all right as best as you can then i pull out the maps for example somebody called the other day and she sent me the maps with the gps in the area she was in well unfortunately my computer wasn't doing that so if you can't get the gps what you have to do is say show me or tell me from the client standpoint so so let's tell let's say i'm calling grizzly 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 give me just like the cops give me the cross streets so say let's say it's Smith and Wallace. So I go to the corner of Smith and Wallace, and that's where I'm going to start. Now, a lot of people, and I hate to say this, you really need to think about what you're doing before you do it. <clears throat> Everything on missing persons or treasure is north, east, south, west. Don't say it's left. Don't say it's right. You have to say north, east, south, west. <clears throat> Put your big girl panties on. And you have to say that so people understand. Don't say, oh, go this way. Oh, go that way. That, that, that's ridiculous. You have to say the Northeast Southwest, okay? <clears throat> All right. So at my desk, I also have a chart where I use a clear, um, I don't know the word I want to use, but um, it's a chart where literally you can see uh, their lines cross through it. I'm thinking about selling them. <clears throat> and what they are is um, it's a chart where, or, or you could do it yourself. You take a plastic piece of, uh, I guess, some kind of piece, piece of paper that's plastic and you draw lines through it <clears throat> and you label on the far left side, A, B, C, D to F, whatever. <clears throat> on the top, you write one through 10 and that's called a grid system. And that's one chart. And then what I do is put it over top, like an overlay <clears throat> piece of material on top of the area where I'm trying to find the missing person or uh, the treasure. And I say, show me, show me, show me um, where, which grid <clears throat> is the, the shirt should be the search grid for the, the final spot for the missing person. Now, when it comes to missing persons, <clears throat> it can be moved five times. When it comes to treasure, they're already in a final spot. So you can say final spot for the treasure. But for missing persons, you have to say final spot. Now, if it was a drug-related, um, I hate to say this, but a drug-related case, a lot of times you're dealing with body parts. And so you say, show me, show me, show me um, where I might find a body part related to this individual or homicide. And then you have to write down the person's name, the who, what, where, when, how, and you say, show me, show me, show me on the grid um, <clears throat> where this person is located. So the first thing you do is you go the A through F 
on your left is also the same thing as north and south. And so I take the pen and I go from top of the, of the map or the grid and I go from north to south. And I also, once I find a spot, I mark it. <clears throat> and then on the um, one through 10, I say, which grid do I go to that needs to mark <clears throat> the location of a body part? Um, and you have to say connected to this, for, let's say it's Marie Smith, okay, to Marie Smith. And so uh, let's say I've got grid D is a reaction. And then I say, okay, show me which grid I need to go to to um, to match it. So that shows you the cross section. So grid, <clears throat> so let's say it's grid D2. Now, when you grew up, a lot of you that are listening, you grew up with a map and it had a cross section and it showed you where to go because of the cross section. So if you were looking up, like I'm in Richmond, Virginia, so I'll say, oh, I gotta go downtown and look at the Capitol. Okay, so the capitals on the map on C2, and it's the same thing with locating a missing person. So I use GPS on the map on the computer, which is a part of the system. I use my dream work. <clears throat> I use the overlay, pinpoint it. I mean, if somebody wanna call and say, oh, I've got a case, send it to us ahead of time and we'll try to practice with it. And, and give you an example, and you could do it along with us if you really want to do it. We have another part two of dowsing on Friday. By that time, hopefully I'll feel better and we'll be a little bit more spry for everybody instead of boring. <laughs> but dowsing is a, it's a boring, yet at the same time, it's a very exciting process because everything unfolds for you. It's almost like you're cleaning your house and then you're like, wow, it's all spanking new. It's all spanking new. It looks great. Uh, dowsing is the same thing. It unfolds and you just, you're in shock over the, or amazed about what is actually happening. All right. So Grizzly, take it away. What do you think of dowsing? <clears throat> well, it says here that investigators sometimes search for the location of deposit human remains. This can be challenging, especially if bodies have been concealed or significant amount of time has passed since the death or decomposition of such. Mm -hmm. Various approaches have been successful in locating remains, including visual assessments, geophysical techniques, imaging, use of canines. The search method employed depends on various factors, such as case information, local terrain, available resources. And here we come, ladies and gentlemen, the unproven method, dowsing. Also called divining or witching, refers to the practice of observing a pointer, often a forked stick, rods, bent wires, or pendulum. More response and some type of influence or transmitter. Some consider it a reliable method for locating underground items of interest, including, once again, water, oil, and ore. There are even those who believe that dowsing can help locate buried remains sometimes called grave witching. However, may consider dowsing a controversial practice or a pseudoscience with no scientific or widely accepted explanation for what influence the response or why the practice does work. Various explanations have included disturbed soul, 
magnetic fields. Uh, let's see, uh, properties of piezoelectric uh, bones, radiation fields. Uh, what does it say? Craftolzizia, divine, uh, divine intervention or other paranormal phenomenon. Little doubt exists that dowsing foreigners move, but there are explanations for the phenomenon after then in response to underground influences. The foreigners typically <laughs> held a position of unstable equilibrium and therefore small movements such as involuntary vibration in the user's arms becomes amplified and cause the foreigners to visibly move. Well, I tell you what, Jeanette, that I, I couldn't be a dowser. It would always be marking X's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, I'll, I'll give um, everyone an, an idea. Sometimes I'll get three spots. Um, here's an example. I worked a case in Maryland, and I kept telling the um, coordinator, I said, all right, I'm getting a hot spot um, in, on the Maryland case. Um, I'm seeing a wood, a wood pile. Well, do you remember I kept mentioning body parts, not to be gross, but... I kept saying, it's. I just keep going to the woodpile, the woodpile. Well, she had been cut up, so one of the body parts was at the woodpile. And I said, but originally, <clears throat> so you could find evidence or you could find parts of her at the woodpile. And eventually I said, you know, my original spot would be to go to this home that looks like my grandmother's house, big white house, and you go in the back back and I see a fireplace. I hate to say this, but a lot of the guys in, in the drug industry will kill somebody and then they'll put them in the fireplace. It sounds gross, but unfortunately I'm, I'm doing a case right now out in Seattle and that's what we're going to do. We're going to check the wood pile and we're going to check the fireplace. But I, I instinctively felt like concrete could have been put down also that happens. And years later, they finally take a risk and dig up the concrete and say, yep, it's here. I mean, you can use a, a ground penetrating radar to double check and before you start digging up concrete and see if a body is there. I mean, it, it's dowsing is, is very odd. Sometimes, like I said, so you got the wood pile in that particular case. She was there. Um, they moved her, but then they left a finger or two. And then she was, but they found um, part of her skull and um, her teeth in the fire pit um, at the house where I, I had recommended going to. So it, you know, the, the drug cases are going to be a little bit more frustrating. Um, if it's a cut and dry, the husband killed somebody. For example, they got a guy that killed his wife in New England right now. And I'm surprised I haven't gotten a call about it. But um, he actually looked on her, his computer um, how to get rid of a body, not to be gross, how to chop up a body. I mean, he was very, very interested in research. <laughs> And so, um, he, busy guy. And so she could be all over the place. My bet is parts of her are off a hill or cliff. I mean, he, he probably was thinking, I'm, where would I go if I wanted to get rid of something? And that's, that's exactly what he's thinking about. Now, would he burn her? I doubt it. He had little kids he had to take care of at the time. So he's going to think of easy stuff, throw her off the cliff, drive down the road and just hike with, with a bag and just start throwing pieces of crap off the cliff. Now, how many people check the cliff dog search? I did a case in um, the Virginia beach area. <clears throat> they had a 
serial killer there at the time they were coming up with bodies periodically um and what had happened was i said she the the it was a missing couple and i said they're over here in the water right near this bridge and i walked a certain way and the the fbi was there and they said um what do you live here and and what are you doing here and what are you doing I said, what, what are you talking about? I don't, I'm not, I'm from the DC area. I'm not from here. They said, well, how did you know to go right there? And I said, the L rods were taking me right there. And then they took me over here. So in other words, I was tracking the killer where he took the bodies and then eventually he put them in the water. And the guy said, I walked funny. And I said, well, that's because the killer walks funny. I mean, so your body is going to absorb some of this energy or some of this vibration and so you have to be a little careful about it i mean it's not a bad thing it's just that people look at you strangely like what are you doing and people used to say oh jeanette you're so eccentric i'm not eccentric this is what the l rods are doing to me i'm not doing it <clears throat> so i hope that helps because a lot of people are unaware of the fact that they're even walking strangely when they're actually they're copying the killer and what the killer is actually doing and and you're unaware of it it, it my i've seen my father do it it's it's utterly amazing so does that help a little bit i think it does i, I make it look easy i'm not gonna fib i i i really do think i make it look easy you know there, it, there has been little of any objective testing on dowsing for buried bodies but nonetheless, it's been advocated in an effective method, even including as part of some crime scene investigators training programs, include those mm -hmm. provided to U.S. government agencies. Does that not sound familiar there? Yeah. Housing is also referenced <clears throat> in some archaeological context for detecting underground disturbances and features. However, other question, the ability to locate buried bodies using dowsing rods. Skeptics believe that advocating dowsing and similar unsubstantiated um, practices gives false hopes to investigators and loved ones. In addition I, to being <laughs> effective in using uh, resources, informal tests for dowsing and graze reports certainly in suspicion of its effectiveness and suggest more rigorous tests may prove further. And what was you going to say, Jeanette? Well, I was going to say that, you know, if, if I work on a case and I say, um, every, everything that I'm working with, all the little tools, all the little maps, all the pendulums, all the L rods are not reacting. It, it, it's telling me to put this stuff down and come back to it later, or that I'm not going to find that missing person. I mean, sometimes when I see blackness, when I close my eyes, I translate that as a form of Jeanette, it's not your, it's not going to happen. <clears throat> um, there was a missing boy, for example, out here in Richmond, and he was autistic. And and I somebody called me and said, "Do you know where the body, is, the the boy is, where his body is?" I said, "I don't see a body. I see a boy running around." I said, "He's still alive." And they go, "That can't be." And I said, "Yeah, he's still he's over in the creek bed. Follow the creek bed, and you'll find him. And he's up this way." And I mean, honest to God, how that kid survived, I'll never know. But um, that night the temperature dropped to 20 degrees and he was found in the creek bed. And I said, you can't miss it. There's these flowers that are like sticks coming out 
and he's he's eaten different foods trying to survive and he'd been gone about four days and he wow. he survived i mean it was so exciting to see that he survived now what i did at the time was i told a friend you know i, I told a friend and her husband went out and went searching for him and i didn't need credit it was more important that the boy was found and I just, I just said, he's alive. You're not looking for a body. You're not looking for somebody. Don't look on the ground, go to the, the Creek bed. And I, we pulled out our maps. He looked at his map. I looked at my map and I said, right in here, he's right in here. And you have to remember they're running around and they're alive. They're not laying down <clears throat> and he's probably crying. Oh my gosh, I want my mommy because he's highly autistic. Um, it, it, and he didn't really talk. I mean, he could go, eh. You know, and what was really interesting on that particular case was I saw them at a cafe that morning having breakfast. And the very next day he, he went missing. And, and mm -hmm. so I knew exactly who it was, which did help me. But I was thrilled to death because I have a cousin with two autistic children and they are very special needs. You have to be very sensitive and delicate with them and communicating with them, you know, you can give us your input on, on the cop standpoint on your frustration on, on not knowing how to, how to work with them or talk to them. Yeah. We had to have special uh, in-service training mm -hmm. uh, years ago when it comes to uh, disabilities and autistic children, mm -hmm. uh, because you know, situation, uh, the officers, patrolmen, however you want to classify them. First thing we would do is want to grab and, holler at the kids, come on, let's go. We got to get out or what's going on and go over to try to comfort them. Well, you know, they don't want to be touched. No, they, they don't want eye, yeah. direct eye contact and so forth. Yeah, they don't, they don't like to be touched and they definitely, yeah, you're right. Some of them, they're all different personalities um, and they can't respond because they can't communicate. So you're in a real dilemma. Um, all you can do is try to pinpoint an area and say, I'm, I'm picking up this information. Don't say the word getting, say, I'm picking up this information. This is the area I would do search and rescue. Um, now, of course you have bad situations. Um, I think I talked about this when we first started out. Uh, I had a call from the American Society of Dowsers and there was a, a college student who was missing and a bunch of them, like 30 of them were out drinking and you know how they go uh, swimming in the river and a bunch of people went swimming in the river and the guy just up and disappeared. <clears throat> the next day they found one and he was alive and doing okay. And they kept searching for this guy. And I said, okay, here's the bad news. Um, he's way down river. He's on the uh, west side. And I would almost say a mile down. And they go, yeah, but you can stand up and um, you'd be fine. I said, yeah, but you're drunk in the water. And you're not going to be as stable as you thought you were. And I said, he fell down and he drowned. And it could be he fell down and hit his head. So uh, anyway, I said, I see the Boy Scouts finding him. And they go, well, we're actually having the Boy Scouts come out and try to find him. I, I think that's a little rough on Boy Scouts, but with search and yeah, rescue. I mean, I, I think mean, so. I mean, even cops probably have a hard time finding these people, you know? Wow, Boy Scouts. Yeah, it's a, it's a little young to throw them out in the, you know, the world to 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 aid and and rescue somebody like that. I mean, 
they can relate. It's male. They can relate. It's a college student. But he was dead for a few days. So he was starting to decomp and he was rigor sets in. Uh, and you know, we all know, most of us know what rigor is. It's basically you're, you're getting stiff. Your body's getting stiff and saying, uh, yeah, I'm deceased. I'm not in a coma. <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> Did you ever go out with any of your, your groups and go, um, complete any search and rescue operations? No, we didn't. The DNR did, uh, you know, off trails and the parks and stuff. And uh, we had horse patrol. Uh, mm -hmm. So we had, you know, officers on horses. They did a lot of that. We stuck to the roads and taking the calls. But, yeah. So it, it's very interesting to see how other departments uh, utilizes the fire departments, volunteer organizations. Some of the major uh organizations like the red cross uh there's some other ones i can't remember right offhand that people volunteer for somebody goes missing in a geographic location so their groups automatically called to uh to help and aid the lo local law enforcement and agency they're a group of volunteers so yeah it's, it's pretty pretty interesting I, I think it's just very hard on anyone i mean you're excited when you find somebody alive and um but when they're deceased um they do look like a fake um i want to say mannequin and but ex except for they look paler or they can look gray uh their lips could be purple um so a lot of people are unaware of the fact that you know, it, it is a real person and, and it's like a, a mannequin and, and their skin in the water is a little slimy. And then, you know, a lot of people try to mess with um, evidence. Don't touch it. Just call the cops, let them take over. That's their job. You know, if you accidentally run into something, call somebody, don't, don't play doctor. Oh, a recent blind study tested the ability of inexperienced dowsers to detect buried bones using the dowsing rods. The test design involved nine graves that were dug specifically for the experiment. Really? Six contained no bones and three contained bones of non-human origin. The areas of disturbed soil where the graves were, were dug were not disguised so that the study participants could clearly see where, where each grave was located, thereby eliminating the effect of soil disturbances as visual clue to the locations of the bones. Well, There's, Go ahead. You got your body farm. You know what that is, right? Yeah. FBI uses it all the time. Yep. And they're, they're getting involved with, um, in fact, I have the article. So if you want me to send you a copy of the body farm, um, the two doctors that got in, involved and invented the body farm um, actually used the <clears throat> dowsing, starting with the Kaylee Anthony case, um, with dowsing with the body farm. And they were actually poo-pooed by the media because they were using such a far out method. Um, in reality, it's a very good method. And you can do it in the field, boots on the ground, or you could do it at home remotely. And people complained, what are you doing? But they were very accurate with their location work. Oh, and this is where people donate their body for science. Yep. And what she's talking about is, is they would take bodies into uh, secured locations, 
out in the forest. My backyard. <laughs> yeah. That was monitored 24 hours a day, seven days a week with surveillance cameras and everything. And they would watch how a body would decompose. That way they could tell how long a body was in, you know, what state of decomposition compared to the death, compared to the insects, uh, compared to the weather patterns in each state. So, you know, it's really helped uh, quite a few people, you know, can uh, access you know, when somebody actually expired or was murdered. There has been little of any objective testing of dowsing for buried bodies. 20 volunteers, no previous dowsing experience, participate in the study. Half of them were asked to determine which of the graves contained bones based on visual assessment. Well, no, I couldn't tell you. The other half pointers. In this case, a configuration consists of two angled rods to determine which graves contain bones. All participants were informed that anywhere between zero and nine of the graves may have contained some bones. Some of the participants, uh, participants using the dowsing rods reported that the rods would coverage over a certain graves and some report feeling a force moving the rods, and no others report feeling nothing at all. The sets <laughs> of the, each group was evaluated statistically based on whether the hose identified by each participant as containing the bones represented a true positive, correctly selecting a hole that contained bones, or a true negative, correctly selecting a hole that did not contain bones, Falsely positive, incorrectly selecting a hole that did not contain bones, or falsely negative, which I'm already confused. The results indicated there were no relationship between the dowsing rods in response to the actual locations of the bones. Furthermore, there is no significant difference in the ability to correctly identify the locations of bones between the dowsing group and the participant who visually access or assess the graves. Additional tests may still be beneficial, including those using larger sample sizes, such as human bones or other soil types or locations and experienced dowsers. Keyword, experienced dowsers. <laughs> I like the way they put that in there. However, the results of the study suggest that dowsing is not a reliable method. Well, if you give me a set of dowsing rods, I probably wouldn't get you anything close to any positive uh, uh, what do you call exactly. the results? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, in South Carolina, they're one of the few states that they do use dowsing. Um, one of the um, chiefs of police decided to to implement it, and the next thing you know, mm -hmm. they start finding bodies left and right. For example, there was a young woman who went missing, and the husband finally admitted to the wife. For example, it, it, let me back up. A husband admitted to his wife he was having an affair, and the wife said, kill her or else. And guess what? Oops. They killed her, they dismembered her, and they put her in different places, and the sheriff found all the spots she was located. Ooh. Nice. Nice. I hope I described that accurately. So basically, the girl that he was having the affair with, he killed her, and and the wife, shaking bacon, I helped. And, and uh, I just can't imagine. Yeah, kill her. Yeah, that's a solution. He'll just get another one. 
Well, yeah, and and ladies and gentlemen, one thing I want to could can tell you from the law enforcement aspect side of things is that a lot of people in law enforcement or local law enforcement agencies do not work well with psychics or mediums or dowsers and in any sort of fashion or way. Uh, I mean, it's hard to testify on the stand where uh, Jeanette Matisha was able to go out in the middle of this cornfield and find the body of the missing 12-year-old that was buried, you know, in a shallow grave. You know, it's hard to testify to stuff like that. And there's like a, uh, what do you call it? When they, not a black eye, but a. Uh, it, it makes them look like the, it's a circus. Yep. Not, yeah, not only circus, but there's a stigma. Yeah. With people with special powers and gifts. Now, yeah. do local law, local law, deep, 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 deep. Does local, local <laughs> law enforcement, I get it out there, and FBI and other agencies use them? Absolutely. But they don't announce they use them. They usually say a guest on the show, on the show, listen to me. Now we're on a game show. You know where <laughs> my mind's going. But, you know, a guest that was with them or a participant or a volunteer, you know, they don't just come right out. It's like, well, there, right there was a psychic Jeanette. And, and she went out there and she said, oh, there, right there's the body, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I see it from right there. Go out west 20 feet. And there it lies. Well, that's not how it works. I wish it was that easy. I, I do, too. There's a lot you of know, prepping. There's a lot of prepping. A lot of people don't know that. Not only that, you know, it uh, it really takes somebody with a lot of experience and talent to even perform these actions. It's not like that Grizzly's going to pick up a pair of dowsing rods and he's going to go out and find the local missing person in his area. And like I said, it, it says right there in the article person like me couldn't do dousing because of my shakes. Because I'll be shaking red little old baby, you know? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, what, yeah. do you, what do you expect? You drank too much coffee. Yeah, it's called liquid courage and when it comes to Diet Mountain Dew. It's me, baby. But no, really, it, it really is. And people don't <laughs> think about that. And Scarborough Sasquatch Station says, no, I would not want to find dead body parts while dousing. Well, I wouldn't either. You know, I really wouldn't. Yeah, I guess the key concern with some of these people that are interested in the stories I have, and these are true stories, all right? The, the tragedy is we have people out there that it thinks it's okay to beat up somebody and kill them. And sometimes it's an accident, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's jealousy. You have to think outside the box. And sometimes we have suspects like Brian who, for some reason, in their head, they think it's okay. It's not okay. And your parents need to teach you the rules of life. And, you know, even if the parents teach you, some people just have major issues. And this is what we're finding. This, whether it's a mental problem, sociopathic. I mean, what, what was that other guy? You got, you got like five different major serial killers. I was watching one, a show last night on it. And he, he just thought he was all that. He was the, um, oh gosh. The Night Stalker, oof, very scary. The show was called Very Scary People. 
And that's what he did because he killed like 13 people and damaged lives. I mean, you're just, you're just, he, he's just hurting more than one person. I don't think that they think about that. I think they think about, oh, I, I did this and I overpowered them. Um, oh, yeah, you had a knife and a gun. Of course you did. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's highly frustrating. I mean, you've been trained in physical combat, combat. Physical tactics. Yeah. Yeah, yep. they call it all different things over the years, and that that and Evo was my favorite training. Evo is a vis, uh, evasive, vis, uh, basically drive your police car around the <laughs> driving course within two minutes and thirty three or two minutes and thirty two seconds, I think. Really? Without hitting any of the cones, yeah. Evasive uh, vehicle tactics. The, well, so. they just they just had a guy that got arrested, I guess, yesterday, and he was driving so fast. He, um, I think he killed a bunch of people. Um, unfortunately, he was a police officer and he didn't have on his lights. So even though he's going through all these lights and running them, he, I guess he T-boned somebody or a limo and a bunch of these people died. And oh, it's wow. in the news. Yeah, but why wasn't he having his lights on? I get the, the silent, you know, you can have your lights on and no noise. Right? What is that called? Yeah, that's uh, called running code two. And that's when you're getting close to a scene, especially like a uh, domestic or something serious that's actually in progress. Mm -hmm. That you're still trying to get there, but you don't want to let them know by audible sound that you're coming. Right. The sirens can travel, especially out in the county, for a long period of time or distance. So we would shut them down probably a little bit of ways out, but we would still drive carefully with the lights on because unfortunately we had due law or yeah, due regard. And that was lulled. We had to drive no matter what way we drove lights, sirens, sirens, lights, lights only. We had to be responsible for our actions when it comes to other people on the roads. So, oh. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had a friend who was in our small town of Vienna, Virginia, when I was living up there in Northern Virginia, <clears throat> and she was at a light. She didn't hear the ambulance and the cop driving. It literally smashed in her car as if, let's say somebody took a chainsaw to the front of her car, and it just, it took it off. It, it so you four four feet of the car was gone. I mean, had they hit her where she was sitting, she would have been dead. Yeah, and uh, some of the police departments, you know, Floyd County in Indiana, they had them years ago. It's called the Rumbler siren. And what the Rumbler would do, and let's say Jeanette, you're driving, your radio is blaring, you're saying to Cindy Lopper, girls, just want to have fun. And uh, you cannot hear anything, but you'll feel this vibration inside your chest as the car or vehicle, emergency vehicle gets closer. And you're like, what in the world's all this going on? You look, next you know, you see the lights and everything approaching you. And it's real weird sounding. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, my God. And, the yeah. Yeah, the vibration, and you can hear it with the, with the pitch, but it, it's a low rumble. That's why I call it a rumble siren well wow. and and i'll tell you in 
no disrespecting the law enforcement officers or departments or agencies that are listening, but you know just as well as I know is some of the sirens that you're all running today is no count. I mean, you might as well just stick your head out the window and, and just scream, you know? I mean, because you can barely hear them. And unfortunately, I know everybody's dealing with tight budgets and so forth, but, you know, at least try to angle them better inside the, the, the doghouse of the, of the vehicle or mount them where they're facing a little more forward somehow to get decimals out of them. Because, you know, Jeanette, as well as I know, you don't even hear them until they go by you. And you're like, where'd that come from? Yeah, you barely really got hard. the radio on. Yeah. yeah, you can't tell. Like, you could be facing east and you're thinking, where is it? I mean, I've been in a car before coming from the airport. And you've got that back background noise of the airplanes landing. And I thought, where is this guy coming from? Because you don't know if you have to pull over or if he's coming in your lane right at you. I, I, it's surprise, you know, you just have to deal with it as best as you can. Other times you, you, they're right in your face. You, you get it, you know? Right. Well, um, this is part one of our show. Um, were there any more questions? And I'm sorry to do that to you, but I have a lot going on tonight. So any other questions we have from people, I'll answer them. And then um, we'll have to meet them again Friday. Yeah, does anybody have any more questions here? We'll give them a couple of seconds to respond here and see what we got uh, rolling. That's for sure. But uh, we anticipate our shows to get a little more and deeper and a little more, uh, unfortunately, I hate to say gory, but when you deal with true crimes and so forth, um, unfortunately, that does happen. So we will have to discuss some things that uh, we do not want to discuss, unfortunately. Right. But right. any more questions at all before we uh, call it? Jeanette, what did you think about the show tonight? I think it went so far pretty well. Well, folks, I hate to say this, but allergies are kicking me, and it's hard to think straight, and my plate is full today. So, you know, I, I'm not as uh, excited about things, so my apologies. Um, so... I do want to teach more. Um, Friday, let's talk about missing objects and how I find more missing objects. I was written up in the Smithsonian Magazine as a forensic uh, dowser. Uh, they might say psychic dowser. And there's a whole article on dowsing. Um, I believe it was January issue 1997 <clears throat> on dowsing. And because I found the two missing objects for the writer, he put me in the magazine. Knock on wood, thank God. And, you know, um, test out your skills if you're going to do the dowsing and see if you can find missing objects. If you can do that, you can find anything. It does take time. It does take training. And you do have to pay attention to the L rod or to the pendulum. So how was our show? There's so much more I want to teach people and help them find other missing people or missing objects. Um, so we've only covered just a little bit. So... For the show, we're only 20% there, but we'll get there. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Jeanette. If you want to email us, you can email us at grizzlytruecrimes at gmail.com. Grizzly true crimes at gmail.com. All right. I think it went pretty well. 
Oh, thank you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeanette, I'm on 571-358-1444. 571-358-1444. Don't call me tonight. <laughs> I'll get back Ladies to and gentlemen, thank you again for once attending from coast to coast and around the world. This is Grizzly. Don't forget, Jeanette, I forgot to tell you, Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, I'm talking about Satan and Fallen Angels to Ghost Hunters. That's uh, going to be very interesting. Which show? Who's having that? I'm having that by myself, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's been a calling to me. People's been emailing me about demonic spirits and demons. <laughs> so we're going to put that to rest a little bit. Okay. So make sure to tune in for that this coming Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Grizzly with Satan and demons. Fallen you. angels. Yep. <laughs> Everybody, right. we wish you all a good night. If you want to be on Grizzly's show at any time, please feel free to reach out to me at Grizzly, the paranormal at gmail.com. Once again, that's Grizzly. The paranormal at gmail.com. All right. Thank you for having me, Grizzly. Bye. Everybody. Absolutely. Good night, everybody. Bye.